New on CuriosityStream, Darwin's theory of evolution, a scientific breakthrough, but 1920s Tennessee wasn't ready for it. It became the Bible versus evolution. Followed a heated trial that changed American education forever on Monkey in the Middle. And it's the country's deadliest highway. There were something like 178 accidents in a 10-year period. Don't miss the most dangerous road in America. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. As the days drag on, I've been searching through the news and online forums, looking for something out of place, something odd, something that only the paper could have caused. I found a few things. There are reports of a street lamp that moves around, appearing even inside a home once. Someone has reported sighting a strange woman with a backward head. Someone has recently written about there being a man without skin walking around their neighborhood. Each of these posts mentions a black newspaper. I've sent the writers of each a message, including a summary of my experiences and offering my help. Now I just have to wait and read. This is my father's next entry. After we got the midnight paper with the You News article, your mother and I decided to sit by the front door the next night, right before midnight. Midnight came and went without a single knock on our door. That went on for a few nights. Each night, your mother and I would wait for you to go to bed and then slink past your room. Then we'd make our way to the living room, put on a pot of coffee, and sit in front of the front door for as long as we could keep our eyes open. After a few days, we felt safe that it was safe enough for us to sleep in our room again. Maybe the midnight paper had forgotten about us. Maybe the copies we'd gotten were the only ones we were going to get. We were wrong. One night, after we were already in bed... The knocks came once again. Once again, too, it was midnight. Your mother had been brushing her teeth. I remember the look of shock on her face, her mouth wide and full of foam as she attempted to say something. Then she spit and tossed her toothbrush in the sink. It's back, I said. One week after the first one, she said. It's on a schedule. It's not every night. Well, we're not reading it, that's for sure. We can't just leave it out there, though. Someone will find it. I frowned. She had a point. I'm throwing the damn thing away, I said, stomping down the stairs. Your mother rushed after me, arguing the whole way. She thought throwing it away or destroying it was irresponsible. What if it was evidence? What if there was something in it that could tell us who was writing it? The same arguments that she'd used last time. She knew it too, but it seemed like it was that way with the paper. There was a cyclical quality to it, like a ritual. You'd argue, you'd think of throwing it away, but you would always end up reading it in the end. Well, not that time. That time I was going to toss the thing in the storm drain. I looked through the peephole. Nothing. No one. So I unlocked the front door and stepped outside. There, on our brand new welcome mat, was a rolled up bundle of black paper. I leaned over, lunged for the paper and grabbed it. At least I thought I did. My hand was closed and there was nothing in it. Your mother was behind me at the door. She had been in the process of telling me not to throw it away, but the words died in her throat because she'd seen what I did. I reached for the paper again, taking my time. I wanted to make sure. I wanted to see it happen. My fingers reached the paper, then kept moving, moving through the paper, as if there was nothing there. Holy shit, your mother said. She never cussed. Holy shit, I said too. Let me try. 
I stood up and stepped to the side. Your mother reached down, closed her fingers around the paper, and pulled it up. She was holding it, like there was nothing wrong with it. Okay, she said. We can't throw this away. Fine, I said, but we're not reading it. We're locking the thing away in the cabinet. She nodded. Just as we were moving back in, I reached for the paper and touched it. Something had changed there. I didn't know back then, but I think I do now. The midnight paper is alive somehow. It knows what you want to do with it and decides whether or not to let you. It didn't want me to toss it into the storm drain. I guess it didn't mind being put in a drawer, though. I held the paper in my hand and dropped it, rolled up as it was, into the filing cabinet drawer. Then I closed it and locked it, taking the key. You were full of energy as a kid. You spoke so fast that we could barely understand you at times, only catching one or two clear words in a torrent of excited rambling. Your eyes were always wide, always shooting from one thing to the next, as if searching for something amazing that you knew had to be there. I don't know how you are now. That's my biggest regret. Whenever we went to any store, you'd run past your mother and I, rushing through the automatic doors and sprinting toward the toy aisle. This time was no different. You ran past us and darted into the toy section. By the time we got there, you were already grabbing what seemed like dozens of boxes. Hey there, buddy, your mom said. Leave some stuff for Santa, all right? I don't believe in... You started. I raised my eyebrows. There were a ton of kids around you, and what you were about to say was sacrilege. You simply sighed and nodded. It took you an eternity to put everything back where you found it. I'm glad it did, because it gave your mother and I time to find it. There, next to Life and Clue and all the other board game usual suspects, was something new, but familiar. A white cardboard box depicting a happy family, sitting around a dining room table. Above them in black letters was a word that made my legs feel weak. Guess. Your mother and I shared a concerned look. You were almost done putting everything back. If you came over and saw us looking at a board game, you'd want to get it. Even if we said no, you'd remember it. You'd ask your friends about it. You'd definitely play it if any of them got it. I moved fast. I didn't want to touch the thing, so I grabbed a clue and used it to push the guess into the back of the shelf, then off the edge. I heard the box clatter as it fell and became wedged in the negative space between shelves, where nobody would find it. Hopefully. When you got back, we made up an excuse and got out of the store as quickly as we could without arousing your suspicion. And that night, when you were already in bed, your mother stormed toward my office. She didn't have to say anything. I already knew what she meant to do. Wait a minute, I began. She cut me off. We're reading it. What? Why? Because it's coming true, she said. What's in the articles is really happening. We have to read it. We have to warn people of what's coming next. We already know what's coming next, I said. The news channel thing. Yeah, but we only know that because we read the article. Stop. Hey, don't open that. But she was already unlocking it. What if it's something worse? She said, her eyes wide with panic. I'd never seen her like that. Not once. I didn't like it one bit. What if reading it makes it worse? Makes it happen? If it happens anyway and we don't read about it, we won't know what to look out for, she said. Then she untied the twine and unrolled the paper, as if that settled things. I sighed, turning around and locking my office door. 
Reading that paper, bringing it into the house, felt wrong with you there. It was like finding a loaded gun and bringing it indoors. When I turned around again, your mother was crying. Her eyes were shooting around the page wildly, like she didn't believe what she was reading, as if reading it over and over again would somehow change the words. She collapsed on the floor, the paper falling out of her hands and drifting down next to her. It took her hours to calm down, for the words to come through her sobs, for her eyes to open again and see through the tears. She must have drank around ten glasses of water and paced ten miles around the room. Then she led me back to the office and started reading the article out loud. Right away I understood why it had affected her so much. Right away I was scared shitless like she was. Because it was about us. This is what she read. Ordinary mother slaughters family. Takes own life. It was absolutely brutal, said officer. Redacted. Of the redacted PD. There was blood everywhere. Who would do that to a kid? To their own kid. Indeed, the officer wasn't alone. Several members of law enforcement and medical professionals could be spotted pacing outside the suburban home, looking lost, horrified, and nauseous. Just yesterday, the redacted home was a picture-perfect slice of suburbia. Now it sits cordoned off by yellow police tape, surrounded by half a dozen police and forensic vehicles, and filled to the brim with people in uniform. I just don't understand said neighbor, redacted. They're saying that, redacted, killed her and husband and their son. It makes no sense. Redacted, who lives across the street from the redacteds, had a similar reaction. We've never had something like this happen in this neighborhood. Never. We're decent people who just want a safe place to raise our families. This is a disgrace. Indeed, most people who have known the redacteds have similar reactions. They seemed nice, normal, like the ideal family. There were no warning signs. Things like this happen from time to time, said Chief, redacted, of the redacted PD. People just snap and take their whole families out. Unfortunately, it's something that's rare, but not unheard of. In the wake of the brutal crime, the shocked community is already trying to move on. The older kids are already talking. So we're trying to take to our little ones first, says Redacted, another neighbor. How do you explain that, though? How do you explain what she did to her own son and husband? We're thinking of saying that she had a drug problem or something. Maybe that'll be easier for a kid to understand. Most people in the neighborhood looked lost on that fateful day, standing in their driveways and front porches, often in nothing but their pajamas, watching the police wheel the body bags away on stretchers shielding their children's eyes. We hope that they find a way to understand what happened and are able to regain some semblance of normalcy. Your mother started crying again after she read it aloud. I wished I could have read it myself, that I could have spared her from reading it again, from reliving those awful words. I tossed the paper and all the others in a garbage bag and walked out to the curb. If the paper knew what I was going to do, it didn't try to stop me. We'd already read it. The damage had already been done. I tossed the bag into the storm drain at the end of our street. I knew that throwing something in the drain like that was harmful, and I felt bad doing it. But there was no way I was throwing the papers away in the regular trash. They'd done enough harm already, and the worst was yet to come.